Okay, hopefully I can hold it together while I record this. Hey ladies and gentlemen, Adrian here for the Transparency Podcast. No, this is not ASMR. Uh, I was just sipping on some coffee there. Just recently beat a like flu cold that I've had for the last couple days. It's flu season out here, um, and just in, I guess in general. Um, but that being said, I've just been like coughing and just been all over the place these last couple days. And just like the latter half of today... I feel like I'm on the tail end of it and I can like actually speak in full on sentences without, you know, just hacking up a cough midway through. Um, so we'll see if I manage to get through this. Um, I found out as soon as I wanted to like sit down and actually record this podcast at 11 p.m. at night, all the tools, everything that like, I use on my Mac to record just wasn't compatible because I just got done updating to a new OS and all the software hasn't been updated Anyhow, um, text stuff aside, um, yeah, it's 11 p.m., and I guess it's kind of counterproductive because I'm staying up so that I could take my, like, night quill before I sleep tonight in my, like, six-hour, you know, like, interval, which you have to, like, take your doses or whatever, um, and yet I just had a cup of coffee at 11 p.m. because I also have other stuff I gotta finish and stuff I wanted to stay up doing. These last couple of days, including the weekend, I've just been, like, ridiculously fatigued, and, like, if there's, like, one thing... I've always hated, like, when it comes to, like, sickness, you see, growing up and having been working from home a lot, like, being sick was and wasn't an issue in, in the sense that, like, it wasn't like I got to stay home. Like, you know, when you're, like, at school or you have a job and, like, you're really sick, like, you call in sick and you don't go. Well, for the most part, if I was sick, like, I still worked, <laughs> given that I was working from home. Um, however, when it came to having something like a cough or, you know, cold or whatever, the, the part where I would lose my voice or couldn't speak, that became an issue given a majority of my career was like recording content. And uh, especially when I had like deadlines and stuff like that, that was always a pain. So I always just obviously like hated being sick. Um, and at the same time, like I hated, um, you know, just going through the whole process of, you know, constantly taking medicine and blah, blah, blah to get over it. Um, but nonetheless, here we are on the tail end of things. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity just to kind of sit down and record this podcast. Um, I was sitting here and, and, you know, I have a couple things I was like knocking through and I have a couple things to do on my to-do list for tonight. Um, but I was sitting back and kind of just thinking overall about this idea that, you know, not only has it been a while, and I, of course, want to update the audience out there on things are ongoing, but in the grand scheme of things, like how as of like now in my current kind of like timeline in life in 2019 going into 2020 i have spent more than half my life and in this kind of time frame occurred years ago but i started making content in 06 right that was nearly 13 years ago give or take um and i have had somewhat of a you know my career trajectory since then uh, in 13 plus years of my life more than half of my life um, creating in every aspect, you know, videos, blog posts, businesses. It wasn't always just like one thing. And the thing, if I think over like my 13 year span, even though it started out with doing just YouTube videos for the sake of doing something that I was passionate about, it was about constantly reinventing year after year, day after day, week after week, um, you know, and whatever came with that successes the failures um you know the breakout videos and companies and and the ones that didn't work out the ones that i don't get to talk about as much as i should 
Um, and I thought it'd be good to kind of, kind of come back and circle on that whole topic, on that whole idea, um, given that it has obviously been a while. Um, I've been focused, as I mentioned in my last podcast, a lot on building this new business, this new business with my colleagues, my partners and friends, um, Network Right, a lot of the time and kind of focused has really shifted into that in the 2019 going into 2020 year. Um, and with that, you know, we talk a lot about internally the roles that we want to play as that company kind of grows out. And, and given that in the last year, it's grown so exponentially, you know, from this kind of thing we were doing on the side to like actually employing and, and people and, and becoming the real thing. And that's like the funny thing. Even when I started on YouTube, nothing was ever necessarily planned. Like, I can't sit here and tell you 13 years ago, I knew at 11 years old that, like, I wanted to be a quote-unquote YouTuber or I wanted to be a content creator, um, that I wanted to do that for a living. Like, it wasn't even a possibility back then. I, I mean, given, like, YouTube was purchased by Google around the same time I started and, like, I, I figured out it was possible to make money, um, it was still so far out of reach for me to think that, like, I can do this potentially for a living. Like, I, I still had visions of, like, the typical, I gotta go to college and, and do all these things. Um, was there a turning point? Yeah, that there, there was a turning point in which I realized that, like, I, I could do more with this, right? Like, when I started getting paid to do videos, when, when companies were offering to sponsor and advertise on the site, there was a point where I realized, like, you know, A, I love doing this, um, and I was passionate about it. B, like, I'm actually making, like, a okay amount of money like if I increased a and in terms of like my output and doing more of what I love doing then as a result would be increased with the income increase with the revenue increase and and then C eventually came along later when I had to like think about how that works as a business model and, and, and all the kind of factors that come along with that right it was never this long drawn out like five-year business plan or 10-year plan it happened and I kind of reacted to it happening and grew with it, um, changing along the way, right? There was a lot of instances, and I can just kind of drawing off the top of my head, a lot of instances where I had to shift. You know, people don't realize that like 06, 07, 08, I, it was in those years I wasn't really even getting paid to do anything. It was just purely, again, out of passion and, and, and what I love doing. Um, slowly, you know, a couple bucks here and there as I made a name for myself, but in, in a way is kind of where it changed in that kind of year where I got partnership and I lost it seemingly quick, um, due to AdSense issues. And that was a big change for me because that, that kind of forced me and pivoted me to not kind of just put all my eggs in one basket, like where I thought like, oh, I was making this money off of YouTube and I can just make a living just purely doing that because back then it was a very... It, was, it wasn't as much of like a saturated market as it was today. Um, like I, I really saw the possibility of just doing that for the rest of my life. And, and alternatively, I could have, right? Like there, there, there's probably a moment there where I could have really scaled up and have been potentially grew my audience and been a bigger quote unquote YouTuber if I kind of stuck with it. But I didn't, right? Like the consistency, consistency wasn't ultimately there and, and, and losing the partnership, um, I focus my aspects in other areas. I, I focus on bringing revenue and business to the site and views to the site, how I can make money off of that, 
how I can sell ads in my videos so through to YouTube, but you know, invoice clients, invoice advertisers and companies and so on and so forth. Um, that's where like the business savvy kind of came into place and, and took over. Um, so that was like a major, you know, pivot for me where it wasn't just like I wanted to be creating content, but I also wanted to kind of establish this content business now. And that was a whole different thing. Um, and that expanded into doing different projects like digital dojos and working with different people. Um, and all that, you know, grew and became its own thing. And again, pivoting along the way, starting different businesses, screen cap and whatnot, making videos for other companies. Um, point being... It was never, you know, about just being this one thing. It was never about just being a quote-unquote YouTuber or a content creator. It was always about following what I felt was, like, right to a degree. And I guess, in a way, was passionate about. And I know it's hard to kind of sell on just passion alone. I don't want to put this message out that, like, if you follow your passion, you will succeed because the ultimate, the reality there is like a lot of people don't. And I, and I think some people, it's fine to keep your passions a hobby. It's fine to keep your passions purely for passion's sake and you don't need to profit off of it. I, I respect that. And, and again, that's how I got my start. It just so happened that it became this, you know, business model and I saw the potential in that. Um, I know plenty of people are happy doing the things they do and not, you know, getting a dime for it and, and doing something else for a quote-unquote living. Um, and that's your prerogative, right? But for me, it, was always, it wasn't, you know, about just being one thing. Like, there was always things, and I was always, like, a scattered brain in the sense that I always had other aspirations. You can ask, like, my early colleagues, the people I work with, and even my partners to this day, like... I have to have something else kind of going on. Or I have to have that kind of creative part of my brain ticking. And stepping away from content in the last couple of years, like for a majority of like what I do in my career, um, that was like a big uh, step back. And not just like, like, I mean like mentally in my frame of mind, it was difficult for me to, to be so disattached from the creative side of what I do because if it comes down to like the pure business end of things um I don't enjoy doing all that I don't enjoy doing all the numbers and the number crunching and the reports paperwork etc you know all the kind of nitty-gritty that come with it um fortunately as I expanded I was able to like you know uh delegate those tasks and hire actual professional services to handle those but a part of me was always that end who just loved doing the creative side of things. And then you have to kind of have both, especially in like a more successful business. And for example, within what I'm doing now at Network Right, I, I see more of that, right? I, I see the need and, and the roles and functions, kind of like those sides play to, to ultimately make a successful business. Um, but that, you know, growing up, like I said, that that was what I always enjoy doing and it's what I knew and how to do. So to, to, to take a step out of that and to do something kind of different outside of that realm was really hard because even though I had been doing different things along the way, I had always, in a sense, been creating something, right? Videos, blog posts, reviews, news articles. It was always creating something to some degree. 
Um, so if there's anything I struggled with most in the last year, it, it was finding that creative kind of voice again. It was finding that narrative in which I could tell my story through which through whatever platform medium that I wanted to. And, and things like this podcast were an example of that. Things like if you follow me on Instagram were an example of how I started taking my um, my passion for like things like daily vlogging and, and video making and like videography in general from YouTube and then condensing that into a shorter format. See, as somebody who came from YouTube, I always enjoyed long form content. Even to this day, I, I love watching like a documentary. Or I prefer to watch longer form videos. Um, it's because it's how I've always consumed content. I've always loved to throw something on in the background. Even when I was younger, like I couldn't sleep without something like a podcast playing in the background. It's just the way it was. I always needed something to kind of fill the silence. Um, so long form content always appealed to me. Um, as YouTube evolved, as my audience evolved, uh, to some degree, you, you saw that attention span growing shorter. It, it's just the way it was. You know, People weren't always going to watch a 15-minute video or listen to a 40-minute podcast. Um, it's easier for them to digest a two- to three-minute or even five-minute video or even less. Um, statistically speaking, that's just how the numbers kind of worked out at some point for my audience and, and my views. Um, and then I started experimenting with, like, like I said, Instagram and, and these story formats and how people, it was so interesting how people consume these 15 second clips that ultimately may add up to five minutes, six minutes, but watching them in 15 second bites spread out through intervals of a day, it feels different, right? You, you don't watch it in one sitting, or if you do, it's not as, it doesn't feel as long and you have the ability to kind of jump back and forward. Um, and then I started doing these like overly edited Instagram videos of my day and, and coming up with new random ways, the way you would in a vlog or watch a person's vlog, um, make it more entertaining, the kind of mundane day-to-day -day activities of life. Um, these were all ways throughout the last year I tried to push myself creatively, um, all in an effort to kind of maintain that sort of hunger for, for doing something that you know, I was always passionate about. And when I stepped into Network Right and, and, you know, made a conscious decision to dedicate more of my time and resources there as my other businesses became more passive, um, I established more things and people in place to take care of those things, um, I had to fill, find out how I fill that time. All the time I spent creating, I had to be doing other things in, in this instance. We're in a services-based um, business at Network Right. So a lot of my time is spent with client interaction. It's spent on site. It's spent remotely dealing with clients. It's spent dealing with, you know, IT solutions and ensuring, um, you know, what we say is we're doing our best work so that they can do theirs. Now, that doesn't necessarily always mean creating in a sense or so how I viewed it in, in the traditional sense. Um, it's only now where we kind of shifted and looked at the 2020 year and talked about like the things that we want to do that my role has been more shifted towards like I want to create more of these back end um, and, and deal with the kind of content side and deal with other efforts that relate to content creation. It's getting me back to what I know I like to do and moreover feel I do best at, right? Uh, but moreover, it's also finding the narrative you know it doesn't mean i need to be creating videos every day it doesn't mean i need to be writing blog posts every single day for our site but it means finding the story 
that I want to tell for network, right? Right. It means finding the story within the business model that we're currently building out and scaling and figuring out how I, as a storyteller, as a creative, um, not just embrace that, but tell that to the world. What does it mean to push that to potential clients? What does it mean, you know, what do we do as a business? How do we um, stand out compared to our competition? All that, all that stuff comes in that form. I think good businesses in that sense are built around the core. When you have your mission statement, when you have your kind of quote-unquote story, everything kind of stems from that. What you do, what you offer, how you go about doing it, is built around that, um, and and it's only recently till I've really found that kind of, um, you know, edge again, and and, and I'm looking to pursue that more, um, wholeheartedly. Um, but as with life, sometimes you, you do gotta step away from the things that you enjoy doing, and I, I and I think that's important to mention in, in all of this. Like I said, as somebody who's been doing this for so long. Um, it's important to learn the other aspects of, of not just, in this case, business, but, but life as a whole, right? I think to learn what you love doing, you also got to learn what you hate doing, right? I think those things kind of go hand in hand. Um, and it's important because I, I, you know, I had a, not in the sense like a privileged upbringing, but in the sense that like I was fortunate and in, in privileged in that I always did what I love to do. Like I didn't have the, quote unquote, real job experience. I didn't have like nine to five grind. I didn't have a corporate structure. Um, I worked like small jobs for my parents growing up, but like nothing where like I really knew. Like I, I didn't wash dishes or I didn't have like a server job in the sense that like some people who get that as their first job get, you know, get to experience that and, and understand what it means to really, really work for your dollar. And, and, and in that they learn what, you know, they value hard work, they value the things that, you know, they ultimately don't want to do, or they learn the things that they don't want to do and, and learn more towards the work, what they want to do. And, and they learn that kind of inherent sacrifice that comes with it. You know, the suffering may be too much of a, you know, a, a dramatic term, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like they, they learn what they don't like and, and, and can focus on, you know, getting to what they do want to do. Um, I had, and it was fortunate enough that I just found what I really liked doing early on. That was my benefit. That was my kind of, um, you know, starting point, so to speak. So I, I think it's important for me to kind of explore these aspects in this new business of, of the things that I wasn't so proficient in or, or didn't feel as comfortable doing and learning those sides of the business. Um, and I think it's important for everybody to do that, regardless of if you're running a business, if you're just working in, you know, a day-to-day -day job or, you know, whatever your career may be in, in, in life as a whole. Um, I think it's, an, it's, it's just overall, like, important in, in that in your life, I, 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 for me personally, I've never wanted to be confined to just one thing, like I said earlier. A big thing for me growing and, and, and learning over the years was that I've come to realize it, it, it's good to, you know, be doing good or, or be doing great right now. But for me, what I've really learned over the years, it's been the consistency that's been key for me. You know, it's not necessarily how 
good you're doing right now, but how long you can be doing good for in, in a sense, right? And in, in really looking at that a big, big picture. Um, and if I think about like my strength set, I've always tried to look at things not just in the immediate gratification of what I can achieve or what comes with this, but how does it, what's the domino effect, right? What does this get me five years from now? What does, what do I learn out of this? What do, what do I come out on the other side out of, uh, due to this opportunity? Um, that's what's most important. And on top of that, I think the biggest strength was also that I never let my previous success, my previous achievement dictate the next. And what I mean by that is, yes, I have had my experiences in building my businesses and building my channels and building my platform. Um, and those are all experiences I can take with me going forward. And, and they're highlights and, and they're, you know, they're good on papers, X, Y, Z. Um, they're good for like a bio or an about page. But when I walk into something new, whether it's a business or a project or something I'm advising in, I try to let go of all of that in the sense that, yes, I bring what I've learned and, like I said, my experiences, but I, I don't let it define me. I don't think necessarily because I succeeded in this one area, I'm, I'm you know, going to ultimately, I'm just going to succeed because I succeeded in this other thing, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I, I believe in self-confidence. I believe in, in the power of, like, you know, manifesting the, these these things you want if you actually can put in the work it's not just like you know work hard and you will achieve but if you actually put in the time and, and the effort um you'll ultimately see results uh but i just don't let that previous success define me right in, in any good or bad way the same way as i don't let my failures define me um it's simply uh, i look at it like that didn't work out move on right, take what I can from it and then move on to the next thing. Um, because you never know when that failure, that thing you pivoted from, that thing you moved on, that thing you adapted from may show relevance in, in whatever you do next. So, you know, it's, there's a lot there, obviously. Um, that's a lot to unpack, but it's 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 the best advice I think I can give in terms of like that consistency for me has always been key. Um, knowing that you know I don't have to be limited to this this one thing I, I never liked that notion. I never liked this idea that in like high school in the schooling system I was always kind of like taught and ingrained that you have to be this one thing in your life and like you have to work really hard to be that one thing. If that's the one thing you want to be, by all means, like if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer and you work extremely hard to do that and that's your passion and that's what you feel, you know, is your calling, then by all means, go and do that thing. But I, I just never liked this idea that like that's all I was capable of doing, right? Like you can only be this one thing and if you screw up, well, tough luck, right? Like I, I just never liked that mantra or that outlook on life. Rather, I looked at it like you can be, you know, all these things that you want to be to a degree, right? Um, it's tough, right? It's like the, um, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none kind of concept where you can do a lot of things good or you can do one thing great. Um, there's a balancing act that goes there, right? 
I just think that you can, the best way I can put it is I've always been fascinated by those who can kind of redefine themselves along the way. Um, Renaissance men, if you will, or, or what have you. Um, those who don't confine themselves to a box and they're not just an athlete, they're not just this or that. Um, they can be proficient in other areas. They can speak up on other areas. They can have a voice in other areas than what you may typically define them by in their career, in their life, what have you. Um, that's what interests me. You know, what I'm doing now, even ultimately in my business now, um, I do believe in big picture. I do believe in where we're going with certain things and the ventures I'm in. Um, and I see the longevity in that. I see the the ultimate big picture. But even then, I know that, you know, down the road, there will be other opportunities. There will be other things that come out of this. There will be potentially something else that arises. That's just who I am. Um, I can't be limited to just doing and being one thing uh, for the rest of my life. That's that's not the way my life anyhow works. Um and again, all respect to those who view life in that way. It's just for me, that's just the way I, don't, I, I, I just don't see it that way. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that in coming back to this podcast, it's just something I wanted to kind of briefly touch on and talk about because it's something that was interesting to me at, for some reason at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night um, that I wanted to talk about. Um you know, maybe it's an essence of like this kind of full circle and building this new business and, and doing these things that I feel like I remember doing when I was like right now we're like I'm reworking on our website for Network Right. And, you know, I remember the passion and the joy and like the just wholehearted like almost like naivete when I when I started building my very, very first website over a decade ago. Um, I remember like changing simple things like a font color or, or getting that like element on a page to be exactly where I wanted to be when like all the tools weren't back you know back then at least all the tools weren't where they're at today obviously um like the incredible level of like, achievement and satisfaction that was felt in, in getting that one thing to work the way you wanted it to work um and it's funny because I'm sitting here today again fast forward with like a service that is way more advanced than what I was using back then to build our site um, and so many possibilities, uh, it's just like funny. And it is sitting here, it kind of just reminded me of like the kind of full circle in which um, I've come. And, and it's hard, right? Like it, it taps into this idea of um, now like the word's escaping me, but it's essentially like this idea of like as your life progresses and as you get used to like certain. Um, I don't even know if like accommodations isn't the right word, but like almost like when you just kind of get used to certain things and a way of living, like they don't excite you or impress you as much. There's totally a word for this that I'm like, it's like experience something. I, I can't even begin to like remember right now. It's like just escaping me for whatever reason. Um, it sucks. I literally just listened to something about this. But again, that basic idea that like as you experience more and more things, they're not as like, obviously new or exciting to you um and like the the exercises and stuff that people do to kind of remind themselves of those things and it's true right like I mean I'm not gonna like sit here and, and pretend like it's, it hasn't happened to me like as my life has progressed as I've been kind of um 
what do you call that? Uh, especially like one big example I can draw from, not even just like lifestyle wise, but like just technology in general. Um, every year I, I review like the iPhone for the most part. It's been a big part of interest in my overall career. Like Apple release days were always the biggest, um, what do you call that? Traffic year, the day of the year, always. When Apple would release new products and they would release these events, it'll be our biggest launch like on our website we get the most hits we'd get the most clicks on ads like everything around it and 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 then from there like you just knew that apple days were so important that um i remember i'd skip school back when i was in high school still because i told my parents basically like hey this is gonna pay you like this day alone is gonna like pay an exponential fold if i just miss this one day basically to cover this apple event because uh mind you it was 10 a.m or 9 or 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which was 3 a.m. for me in Japan. So I'd start my stream around 2 a.m. I'd cover the event until it finished at like 4 a.m., 4 or 5. And then I'd do post recaps until like 6 or 7, get my post ready, get everything ready. If anything, I'd send some posts out, maybe knock out for a couple hours, wake back up, and then get back on to doing uh, videos about the events and all of these things because that, that's how like big these these releases were and namely the iPhone releases. They were just huge, uh, I remember. And like the thing about it was that um, year after year, I'd cover it. And year after year, uh, as it came out with like less and less kind of crazy features, so to speak, like it, they were doing like incremental upgrades and not as much as like innovative upgrades, I became more less and less impressed with the phone. Um, and I think about even this year, like the phone that came out this year to me, I think, and I said personally in my review, I don't think is worth the upgrade if you're coming from last year's model. I just flat out said it's not a great upgrade um, if you're coming again from last year's model. Uh, but I got the phone. Like I still got the phone because to me, certain trade-offs are worth it. And I, I was in a position where, yes, like I could financially afford the phone, um, but I got the upgrade, right? Um, and the funny thing is like from a technology perspective every year after year and something that's hard to remind myself that I try to be kind of ever cognizant of is that like there's a lot of great like technology that goes into these things right like even if it's not new looking so to speak or crazy innovative like I understand conceptually how much work went into make these three cameras as great as they are in this new iPhone 11 um, pro that I have but at the same time it's like just again like I said in technology this experience shift like I've become less and less impressed with technology over the years yet you know I remember back to those days like I was talking about really like early on when I would get like the shittiest or shitty products back in the day I'd get these like no-name brands who would send me like random products and I'd be like super super excited to test them out um, and like another random story that I just happened to remember is there was this product that, this is way, way before, like, AirPods, which were one of my, like, favorite recent Apple products was released. Um, it was a Bluetooth device that um, you can plug into, you'd plug one end from this device, it was, like, a 3.5 jack, so you'd plug the headphone jack from this device that was, like, maybe the size, like, of an iPod shuffle um, into a music source, so it could be, like, your iPhone or, or, or whatever um, and then you could plug in your other like headphones into the other end of it and you could listen to the music so you could listen to your music through that but then somebody who had the other end so it came with two of these little like squares 
um, they can have that and they could be completely wirelessly like away from you and they could plug into that and they could hear the same thing that you were listening to. So it was almost kind of like this wireless Bluetooth thing before like that was even a big thing. And it was like sharing, like, you know, two people can be listening to the same device and they didn't necessarily have to have the iPod on them. And I remember like testing it and like using it with my friends and in the middle school courtyard, like they walk on the opposite side of the courtyard until they couldn't hear it, like until the signal cut out. And like that shit was like crazy to me. Like it was just like baffling that like it could wirelessly stream this audio across these devices like that and share audio. And then like today, like I was just testing this recently with my uh, girlfriend, um, AirPod sharing, right? Like you can, if you're on the latest version of iOS, if two, you have AirPods, you can essentially have one iPhone or iPod, um, I guess iPhone, who necessarily uses iPods nowadays, I'm not too sure, but <laughs> iPhone, and you can share your stream from your phone um, to your AirPod and somebody else's AirPods. So like you can all listen to the same device, the same music, you know, on your own independent headphones. Um, and that's like crazy, right? Like that stuff is seamless now, but I remember like how crazy that was to me years ago. So I'm, I'm trying to be like more cognizant of that stuff and it's tough, like especially in an industry like technology where stuff is literally always evolving like day in, day out. Um, it is very tough to be like aware of that. And then that whole idea of experience shifting kind of expands into like life as a whole. Um, when you become certain, used to certain like things and, and practices in your life, um, it's just good to remind yourself of like, you know, <laughs> where you started or moreover, like how amazing these things actually are, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that's just a whole nother tangent there. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, um, I am finding my little outlets here and there to do other things out of pure interest and pure passion, like I said. Um, I think I've spent a lot of my life optimizing and, and, you know, trying to be as productive as possible. And I think there's, there's, you know, there's ebbs and flows of that, right? Where it used to be a constant state of on for me. I think that I've shifted in the most recent years to kind of like knowing when to ramp it up and then knowing when to kind of slow it down. And I think literally that's what the last podcast was called, slow it down, like episode nine, um, so that's, that's important too. And I, and I still believe in that and believe in the idea of that. Um, and I'm trying to do certain things and explore different things of interest and on hobbies purely for, for that sake, right? Purely for doing them. I, I know a part of me has that, you know, business mindset or that, that kind of, I know who I am in the sense that when I'm doing something and if I'm becoming better at it, I do look for that angle, right? I look for that angle, like, how can I do this potentially? Like, how can this be, like, an income stream? Or, you know, I that's that's who I am. That's always the way my brain kind of works. So I'm trying to find more things and, and do more and create more outlets where um, that's not necessarily, like, something I have to, like, focus on entirely. And then on the other spectrum of that, yes, I am working on actual work projects and things of that nature and trying to keep less on my plate in terms of quantity, but more in terms of quality of what I'm working on. So things like Network Writer are a big focus, obviously, and other projects out there. Things like this podcast and this medium is something I truly do enjoy and want to continue pursuing, um, again, purely out of just the need to create, the need to personally vent every now and again and just throw stuff out there um, and feed that hunger. And um, also just to kind of get me back into the creative state 
and 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 I think it's important to constantly, like I said earlier, the, the consistency and then the, the constantly creating is important. As I ramp up in my other creative efforts, like the actual business end of things on outside of network, right, on my other platforms, um, I've found that like yeah, coming back into it, even though at times it feels like riding a bike where you just kind of pick it up. Other times it's not. Other times like you know it is been it's been a while and and even though I've done this for a decade plus, sometimes it's still like, whoa, like, I forgot how to do this thing, right? I forgot how, um, at times, hard it is or how, like, frustrating it can be to kind of take this idea and then conceptualize it actually into a video or a podcast or what have you or even put it into words on a blog post. Um, all of that stuff happens, and, and I want to be, like, again, on the nose, transparent about that because I, I think it's important for other creatives to realize that like those people you admire the people that you see and quote-unquote professionals out there um you know it happens it, it it takes a lot of takes and refinement and to always be wary and cognizant that what you see out there on the internet on the web and myself included at times is but a you know finished product you see what is that of the end result and not everything that went into that and um I try to make this podcast a little bit more stripped back and this one alone I've yet to had a stop or pause and, and won't have to edit it too much surprisingly um 37 minutes in haven't you know hacked up anything yet so that's going well um but yeah uh, you know that those are the other aspects of what's going on day to day um anyways I hope to touch base again soon when I'm sounding much more normal and not as congested um, but yeah, felt good to kind of just sit down and, uh, talk, so to speak, um, and get some stuff out there that was, uh, kind of floating around. Anyhow, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you very much so for listening to the podcast. I actually checked out some of the stats before I recorded this episode, and it's crazy because, like, the last two months prior to me stopping were the most, um, highest traffic plays of the month and episodes, so shout out to all of you. Um, 85% happen to be from the United States, which is awesome. But the other 8% second ranking is Japan, which is my home. So I can only attribute that to a lot of people back home watching that, which is always, you know, flattering and humble to hear. And then the third most listened spot is actually in the Philippines, which is where my family's from. And ultimately, you know, being full Filipino, um, it's cool. You know, United States, Japan, Philippines ranking top three is always cool to see. Um, so yeah, shout out to all the listeners worldwide, and it's always cool to see those numbers and, and kind of the reach that these things have. Um, anyhow, I appreciate you sitting down, taking the time to listen, and uh, definitely we'll be back soon with more content. So as always, thanks for listening. Catch you in the next one.